Thanks for coming in, Mr. Mahoney. Do you have your member ID card? Yep, I have it right here in the FEP Blue app. See? Great. It's can I... awesome. The app can also help me find a provider and keep tabs on my deductibles. Okay, can I... Oh, yeah, and my out-of-pocket spending and visit limits, and I can call the nurse line. I'm really glad it does all that, but I only need to see your member ID card. Oh, that's it? Why didn't you say so? Fearless is just one tap away. With the new FEP Blue app from Blue Cross and Blue Shield, you can access your health benefits on the go. Download it now at fepblue.org app. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. And me and my sidekick, Keith Rodink, we're in lovely Hudson, Wisconsin. Took about a four-hour nap after the Packers lost to the Vikings 17-14 to in their opener at U.S. Bank Stadium. And we're going to get right into it. First down. Keith, what in the hell happened last night? Bill, it looked like the Packers' offense was taking a nap during that game. That was, that was not the game that I think any of us expected to see. I don't know what's going on with this offense. I mean, all credit goes to a super tough Vikings defense. Really stout against the run. Great in the secondary. They had some good blitzes. They had some good pressure. But... You, you tell me. I, I wrote that I thought this was a, a high-octane Packers offense. I think we, we were willing to accept a little bit of rust last week at Jacksonville, knowing that Rodgers and Jordy Nelson hadn't played much during the preseason. But I don't know what we saw. Was that a two-time MVP? Was that one of the best deep threats in the NFL coming back? Did, did we really have Jared Cook in that offense? I, did, I don't know what was going on. It, it looked absolutely inept going against that Vikings defense. And again, Credit to the Vikings, but the Packers just, they didn't look like what we expected them to look like at all. Yeah, you know, there's, you, you picked the Packers to win, and, you know, Green Bay goes down and they get that touchdown. It was, it was a short field and all. And you think, okay, maybe they got things figured out. Look, the Vikings didn't have their top corner, Xavier Rhodes, or without their top D lineman and Sharif Floyd, and you figured, especially on the perimeter, and this is why I picked the Packers to win as well. I, I thought Nelson Cobb and Adams against a secondary, I thought their number one guy would, would feast. It didn't happen, and we'll get into Rodgers, kind of focusing on Rodgers here later, but boy, I don't, I don't know, do you, do you need a preseason? Is, is this proof that the preseason means something? I, I'm not sure what to make out of this. I think so. I mean, this didn't look like a team that had chemistry. This didn't look like a team that had timing down. Again, if, if last week was rust, I, I don't know what this was. I mean, they were supposed to look better, and they absolutely didn't. You had a uh, you had Nelson, who, again, was struggling to get open. They had a few plays with Cobb out of the backfield. But, you know, I think it has to start with Rodgers. How could it not? He didn't look like himself. And, and what did we discuss? That this was the 14th game, including playoffs, that he didn't have a 100 passer rating. There were, it didn't seem like there were guys open. But I, I remember, you know, the very last play, they were running a loop of plays in the stadium. The very last play, as we get in the elevator, go downstairs, it was a crossing route, crossing route to Nelson. And Nelson had jumped for it. I don't even know if he even touched the ball. No, no it was. It was no, I, I remember the play too. Uh, it over his head. And again, there were there were overthrows, the fumbles. Bill, I mean, when when have you seen him handle the ball that carelessly? And then of course the sacks, five sacks. So I mean, there was, you know, afterwards nobody wanted to overreact. And you know, we heard a lot of you know people people just need to relax and remember it's week two. And and sure, it's week two. They weren't going to run the table. This was going to be a tough game. It's on the road. You know, of course, they're opening up U.S. Bank Stadium. The crowd's fired up. It was, it was loud. I, I know you said it didn't, the noise level didn't approach 
uh, the Metrodome, but it was a it was a wild, crazy atmosphere. And what really, and we should stop and say this, a pretty amazing stadium. I mean, you and I walked around the outside. We walked around the inside. It's an impressive facility for sure. But, you know, getting in that environment and then just doing everything that doesn't define you is, is the Packers, overthrowing guys, getting sacked. You know, Rodgers, you know, T.J. Lang talked about uh, in the postgame one play where, you know, their protection was set up to the right and Rodgers floated back to the left and got hit. And then you're fumbling. And then, of course, the interception's late. But I, I don't know how you possibly win a game when you play like that. I don't either. And it's the Vikings. And, you know, this, this, is, this is the fifth Rodgers versus Zimmer matchup with Zimmer as coach and Rodgers' pass rating has gotten worse every single game. It's uh, it's disturbing if if if, you, if this is how you're going to win a division. I mean, you're going to have to get past these guys somehow. Um, before we're going to focus on Rodgers here in a bit. What did you think of fourth and two, Keith? Oh, do, 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 you, do you go for the field goal uh, there? Do you? Yes. Do you? Yes. 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 I, I'm I'm a little more conservative. You know, I. This goes back to you know the the going for two discussion of last year where I was like no you kick I take my points I take my points in that situation and again you know we went back and watched the replay and was it close yeah it was close I mean you come up a half yard short you can say hey you're on the road you're going to play aggressive you're going behind TJ Lang you got to make that play but I don't know I mean I I also felt worse when you pulled the replay up on your laptop right next to me and we looked at it. And we just saw how the Vikings absolutely had that play overloaded. I can't believe you even snapped the ball once once we saw how it was lined up. I once again, you go back and you you question you question the judgment. Yeah, I have that story at PackReport.com. It's for our members. Um, PackReport members receive a ten percent discount on on tickets and gear too. So a lot of reasons to sign up for for a Scout.com membership. But on that play. I'll, I'll break it down here, Cliff's notes version. On that play, they had seven defenders in the box against five offensive linemen. Now, I don't know every intricacy of the Packers' offense, but I think Rodgers has a run-pass option pretty much whenever he wants to. Every play. And I think it is. So, you know, maybe okay, maybe I'm wrong on this one, but on Rodgers' right, it is they have three receivers, and they've got two defenders there, and they got Harrison Smith over the top. So it's basically three-on-three, three, but to get two yards, it's basically three-on-two. And Rodgers mentioned it post-game that he considered throwing it to Nelson. Probably should have thrown the ball to Nelson because if he throws the ball to Nelson, it's Cobb and Jared Cook there to block, and I can't imagine they can't get two yards out of that. Well, and 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 let's be honest. I mean, the the other thing that we hadn't mentioned yet is that the Packers' best offense, which I wrote about <laughs> on PackerReport.com, and, and, you know, for anyone to watch the game, the Packers' best offense was getting pass interference and defensive holding calls. And again, not not a way to win a game. I mean, sure, that's part of the game, and, and clearly the Vikings came out and they had a, you know, their their defensive mindset was they were going to be aggressive, they were maybe going to be a little grabby, and they were gonna they were gonna live with the consequences. And you know, certainly the the way the game ended with with Trey Wayne's making the interception, he got the last laugh on that. But that was the only way that this offense was moving the ball. And and again, it's just you look at the talent. At quarterback in the backfield, you know we've got, you know the 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 P90X version of of Eddie Lacy. They weren't running the ball. I mean, now the Packers did, and we'll get to this. The Packers did a great job stopping the run up front, but Green Bay couldn't run the ball. They couldn't pass the ball. They were only getting chunks of yardage in in this uh, you know in this pass interference setup. So 
you know, g- given that, I just, I again, I, I, I question the decision, and I question that particular play call, and, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding. They came up half a yard short. Yeah, you, you, don't know how, you don't know how the game plays out there, but you kick the field goal, it's tied, and instead they go down the field, and you fall behind by two scores, and it, se- it seems almost insurmountable down two scores. You, know, you never thought you'd say that with Rodgers with that much time in the game. It's, uh, it's unbelievable how this offense has sunk here over the last year. Which gets us into second down, Keith. Your level of concern with Aaron, with Aaron Rodgers on a 1-10 to 10 scale is? Oh, my gosh, Bill. Bill, you're not taking it easy. We haven't had it. I was sick coming into this game. I think I'm even sicker after watching it. <laughs> Still on my first cup of coffee. Um, my level of concern. I, uh, I want to temper it. it. It is week two. We've seen this. They haven't had a lot of reps together throughout the preseason. But it, but again, if if we really believe he's he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, if we really believe that this is one of the most high-powered offenses in the league and McCarthy's the best coach and all of these things should really overcome the rust. I mean, how can I I got to say at least a 7, which I think for week 2 is high. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I was going to go with 7 or 8. You know what? I don't care that he had no, didn't play in the preseason. You know what? Neither did Sam Bradford. Oh my god. Okay, well he did play, but it wasn't for this team. There's gotta be he's been with uh last night's game on a Sunday, that trade was made fifteen days ago. So in a span of fifteen days, he looked like he looked he, like a former number one pick in the he, draft. He, well, he he looked like the guy that was the two time MVP out there. I mean, it, yeah, I mean <laughs> when's the well, I'll tell you when. The last time the, the Vikings dropped a brand new quarterback into their offense and he performed that well that quickly, I mean, it's a guy we're familiar with. It's, it's Brett Favre. And I, I I can't believe I'm saying it that, yeah, I mean, Sam Bradford absolutely stole the show. I mean, were, were you even concerned who they named as a starter? Did you even think it mattered that much? I didn't. And, and I mean, 182 yards to Stephon Diggs. And that was, yeah, that, that offense looked ridiculous. And, and again, they did what the Packers couldn't, which was when the running game wasn't doing anything, they went to the air and they got it done and they got open and they, they you know, they, they found ways to, to make that quarterback receiver connection and it wasn't getting pass interference calls, which again, it's, you know, I don't want to imply that's a cheap call. If pass interference is there, it, it needs to be called and, it, and it's moving the ball down the field. But the, the Vikings consistently were pushing the ball down the field through the air, and the Packers, when they weren't getting those interference calls, were coming up empty. I mean, they were, they were what, one for five on third down through the first half. That's pathetic. Yeah, um, you know what concerns me about Rodgers most of all? And if, since we're talking about Bradford, I'll put it here. Rodgers fumbled three times last night. Oh. Now, when, when Bradford had pressure, he threw some great passes. I mean, the touchdown pass to Diggs. He got plastered by Mike Daniels. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, he, there was pressure on the touchdown pass. It was a perfect touchdown pass to the tight end, Rudolph. I mean, when Bradford got sacked and took a bunch of hits, too, but he hung on the pocket. He made some great throws, and Rodgers has gotten in trouble. He lost three fumbles, or didn't lose three fumbles. We lost the ball three times. Well, there were, there were four total fumbles, and they lost, they lost two of them. They fumbled on the first play of the game, which, which obviously was, you know, that was a, a ominous... Uh, ominous sign of, of things to come, but you know, even that, even the, the fumbles they got back, they were lucky, and you can't you can't be careless with the ball and, and you can't make a living thinking that you're gonna you're gonna land on those bounces all the time too. So again, just the sacks 
and the fumbles and not being able to move the ball unless you're getting an interference call on on a Randall Cobb or Devontae Adams. And, and didn't it almost feel like they were looking for that after a while? I felt like when Adams was running his route, I mean, to, to me, Bill, sitting up there, you know, next to you watching this, and it felt like it felt like those receivers were running the routes, really just hoping Trey Waynes or, or Terrence Newman just got grabby with them. Like they thought, okay, this is this is now part of the offense, just like they draw guys off sides. You're right. It was the only thing they had going, but it seems it seems like, and, and this is maybe we're all screwing this up now. I mean, it seems like a big mismatch. Trey Wayne's was their first round pick last year, and he, he barely played. He wasn't good enough to get in the field. And their other corner is uh, Terrence Newman, who's 38, going on 70. It seems like it should be mismatches, and you know, I know we've, we're going to talk some more about Rodgers here shortly. But is Jordy Nelson good enough? Is Devonte Adams good enough? I mean, what what seems like it should be mismatches aren't, and maybe we've just totally overvalued this receiving core. Well, and 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 that's a good point. And I I guess the the early interference calls felt like you were seeing that mismatch. It it, it instantly felt like these guys can't cover, so they're they're going to get grabby. But they they weren't. Rodgers wasn't finding anything else. And again, there were there were the over there were the overthrows over the middle. You know, there was that that play we were talking about. There were some sideline routes that were uncatchable balls thrown to the sideline. I mean, certainly we saw that. And again, Aaron Rodgers isn't perfect. He doesn't have to make every throw, but he, he doesn't look like the Aaron Rodgers that, that we have in our minds when we think about Aaron Rodgers, two-time league MVP, Super Bowl MVP, basically all-around Superman who can complete passes in his sleep. He doesn't look like that guy. And Jordy Nelson doesn't look like the guy we saw pre-knee injury either. At least not yet, and and I don't I don't know. Does he come back to that guy, or is this? Do we have to kind of scale back our expectations a little bit for 2016 Jordy Nelson? I again, it's it's week two, but it wasn't very encouraging. You're right; it is week two, and yeah, obviously the hope is Rodgers becomes Rodgers. But I wonder, he was miserable at Matt. Well, Matt, that's probably an overstatement. But he wasn't very good. It wasn't very good last year either, and you. Again, I, I wonder if he's gotten into some bad habits because things were so hard last year on offense, and or maybe maybe he's seen things that aren't there. I don't know, but this isn't the same guy. I just, I just wonder if some of this is the after effects of last year, and, he, and he's gotten into some bad habits. I don't know, but look, he averaged five point nine yards per attempt last night, and this is a guy who heading into the season ranked fourth all time in yards per attempt with like eight. I mean, he's it's it's a dink and dunk offense. The receivers aren't making anything happen, and it's a uh, you gotta get it figured out in a hurry. Yeah, we, you know, Bill, we we uh, we talked about this uh, walking to our car last night, passing the uh, passing the big the big Viking ship. Uh, for anybody for anybody that wants a really nice uncrowded tour of a uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, <laughs> I, I suggest doing it at about three in the morning. Uh, <laughs> there seemed to be no one around uh, outside of of you and I, Bill. But you know, we we talked about this, and I mean, it's it's ridiculous to. Uh, you know, for us to even start pinning, uh, pinning the the obituary of, of Aaron Rodgers' career, but I don't know where you I don't know where you put your finger on it. Is it is it bad habits? Is it overcompensation? Is it some possible slippage? I don't know. Is it a combination of things? Where do you where do you start putting your finger? But it, but again, you know, you and I know as writers, Bill, you we, we can we can craft. We can craft numbers and pull together numbers to support a point of view, but at some point, the numbers really speak for themselves, and you can just throw them out there without any editorial around them and let people draw their own conclusions. And the fact that that was the 
the 14th game by Aaron Rodgers where he didn't post a 100 pass rating, I mean, at what point does that start to mean something? Does it mean something at 18 games or 20 games or 25 games? I mean, how long of a streak are we seeing where Aaron Rodgers isn't playing up to the, the level that he showed us himself? I think numbers matter, and they matter for a while. For perspective, his previous long streak was four. He entered, and he entered the season with the highest all-time pass rating at 104.1. So 100 is used to be his typical day at the office. Last night was 70. It's, 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 it's bad, bad football, and for a team that revolves around a quarterback, and, and I, I know Lacey would disappear at the end of the game, and you know, for a team that's Perlin doesn't have a lot of trust in, in Eddie Lacey, and you know, James Sirks averaged about six feet per carry last night. Well, and where and where was why why Starks on that on that fourth and two, and not your not your big bruiser in his in his contract year, who is uh, you know has a new serious approach about the season too. Yeah, I don't think I think it, but they were it, they, he was in the game, and it's no huddle, they don't substitute. So that's yeah. that's my only guess. But you know, there there was a glimmer of a hole there, and there he, was, he, there I mean, was. he got he got between the two defenders, Starks did, and you. I guess if you're Mike McCarthy, you wish that your running back could have. Pulled through those guys from another foot, but I don't know. They got they got some serious problems there. But from there, we're going. We got to go on to third down here. The defense. What do you make out of that? I mean, the run defense is great. They got killed through the air. Keith, what do you think? I mean, I loved what we saw early. Mike Daniels is a is a bad bad man, and that's a that's a very good thing if uh, if you're on the Packers defense. And early in that game, he was destroying. The Vikings' offensive line was it? Was it uh, Joe Berger, their center, that he shoved back on his butt one time? And I mean, he was he was manhandling guys early. It hurt him when Guyon went out next to him. But they were getting great pressure early. They were holding AP in check. What a here? Let me let me. I've, I've got sheets spread all over the uh, over the hotel bed here. Stat sheets. Uh, that is. What did they have? Peterson, four attempts for one yard at the end of the first quarter. And at halftime, nine for 12. So, I mean, what what more can you ask as far as shutting down the running game? Unfortunately, there's that whole, there's that whole Sam Bradford passing thing that we were talking about. And, again, it, he seemed to be able to dial up Stephon Diggs anytime he wanted. And, you know, Sam Shields being out put a lot of pressure on Demarius Randall. Again... I was not particularly worried about that matchup coming into the game. You know, I, I think there was a little concern about, you know, maybe how Rollins was going to match up, you know, how Gunter was going to match up, what kind of, you know, what kind of, of routes they were going to see. But I certainly wasn't worried about Randall on Diggs, were you? Um, a bit, because Diggs is a really good player. We had, during our Behind Enemy Lines podcast with Sam Ekstrom, he, he compared him, not directly, or not like a perfect comparison, but, he, you know, he mentioned... Pittsburgh's Antonio Brown while talking about Diggs. I, I think we saw that last night. It's the life of the corner, isn't it, Keith? Life, it is the life of a corner. I mean, Randall was great against Jacksonville and was really good as a rookie, and, and you figure he would at least get that matchup under control. But, God, I mean, Randall was just run ragged last night. Oh, I mean, you want to have a short corner as a memory. Unfortunately, it was a recurring memory of Stephon Diggs <laughs> beating him down beating him downfield. And, yeah, I mean, let's, you know, I, I don't want to blow off uh, Stephon Diggs like he's some like he's some schmo receiver. I mean, he's he's very good. He's obviously very athletic. I I don't know if that I wouldn't have uh, 
you know, kind of kind of smiled and shook my head a little at the Antonio Brown comparison. But man, oh man, uh, I certainly have a different opinion of him this morning than I did uh, than I would have yesterday morning before the game. I mean, he outstanding. You know, 182 yards. That is, uh, you know, nine catches on 11 targets, 20.2 average with that long of 46 and the touchdown. I mean, that's I, again. There was a uh, that's that chemistry. With him and Bradford is, I mean that's that's what we needed to see with with Rodgers and Nelson. 182 yards. That is the fifth most allowed by Don Capers since he became coordinator in 2009. That's oh, for for a little perspective. And I'm gonna they have a, I don't think they have it in this sheet, but I, I want to say that his longest four catches were for were for a total of like 170 yards. That was that was more than all the Green Bay's receivers combined. And I'm just talking about his. Top four catches. He had two catches. Oh, yeah, he, he had, had like forty-four and forty-six, and a couple twenty-five yarders. It was, and they weren't all downfield balls. And you know, they they threw the ball in space, and they they got him on the run. And oh yeah, it wasn't. This wasn't just just you know throwing throwing deep jump balls. I mean, obviously, yeah, they were they were doing different things. There there seemed to be nothing he couldn't do last night. You kind of wish Randall Cobb would do some of that, don't you? I do. You know. So I like I like what they did out of the backfield with him. He came up with a couple good catches, and and again we know after watching last year, Randall Cobb is a, a I think still a, a really really good number two receiver. We found out last year he's he's not a number one receiver. He needs to have Nelson next to him. But again we look at the weapons. We've got Nelson. We've got Cobb. We've got Adams. We've got Jared Cook. We've got Eddie Lacy. We have James Starks, and we have Aaron Rodgers pulling the trigger. And it just, I mean, look look at what we saw last night. And again, it, it was a defense, as, as you started off saying, that was, you know, missing missing two of their studs. At, at, you know, one at corner with uh, Xavier Rhodes and then and then one on the D-line. So you, you have to come up with more. You have to come up with more. Speaking of missing two studs, Sam Shields out with a concussion last night, and then LaTroy Guyon goes down with a sprained knee. And that's usually a two, three, four week injury there. That's that's bad news for the one silver lining on this team through two weeks. Green Bay's run defense is number one in the league by a mile. They're, they've given up seventy eight yards total rushing in two games. That's thirty nine a game. They're wrong. They're, they're less than two yards a carry. They've given up. It's a, it's a they're off to a terrific start. start. But no guy on. And it was, this was this is their thinnest position group anyway. So now you're you you went from where you had two veterans and two draft picks. Now you got Mike Daniels. You know, Kenny Clark, who I thought played pretty well, Dean Lowry, yeah. and then you've got Christian Ringo, and I assume you're promoting Brian Price off the practice squad until Pennell comes back in a couple weeks from suspension. So, not good that what what is a what is a good part of your team just took a big hit last night. Yeah, I mean, you know, rarely are uh, is anyone in the D line going to be described as anything resembling thin. But yeah, from a from a numbers perspective, that was that was a concern coming through summer. It was a concern last week, and I mean, it's even more so now. And I think, I think Guyan had had quietly had a really great summer. I, I thought he looked good last week, and and he looked good last night. And he seemed to be that perfect guy to put next to Mike Daniels. And and again, you know, with with him out, that's man, that's gonna that's gonna be trouble. But but that said, you know, Kenny Clark did look good. He came in. He was really stout against the run. I believe he had a batted pass. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, I mean, he's gonna have to grow up really quick. Once again, they had five tackles for losses against the run last night. That gives them, I believe, 11 in two games. They're doing a lot of good things there. Let's see if they can keep it going. Speaking of keeping it going, me, Keith Rodink, we move into fourth down. Keith, 
Are we going for it, Bill? We're, we're, <laughs> Are we going yeah, for it on we're fourth down? And we're, we're, we're going to make it. Like, I, I got a damn good play call. Do we have the right personnel grouping? Should we, <laughs> yes. Do we need to audible? Should we Should we think this through a little bit? Yes. And you know, just you know, speaking. You know, the problem with that fourth down play was the execution, which reminds me of when I, John McKay was the head coach of the Buccaneers, <laughs> the all-time great My coaching line. Quote. During their own 14 season, they lost some game, and some reporter asked McKay about the team's execution, and McKay said. I'm in favor of it. I'm in favor of it. The all-time <laughs> best coaching quote ever. What so, do you think your team's execution? I'm in favor of it. Yes, and I think we should be in favor of the execution of the passing attack. But here we go. They've got Detroit coming up, a bye, then three more home games. I like them in the bye week, Bill. Yeah, they're undefeated in the byes all time. I feel really strongly about that when looking at the schedule. So, look, it's early. You know, they the 2014, they... They, you know, they didn't kill people off the bat. That they built into it. You know, when they, when they went to the Super Bowl, they were three and three after six games. So, next week, home against Detroit, win or lose. I mean, win, right? Right. Is there is there any way they don't? Well, of, clear, yeah. clearly there is a way. But I I feel most strongly about a win at home against Detroit compared to certainly this week and last week. Yes, the bye week, undefeated there, home against the Giants. Oh, man. The Giants are a tricky one. I'm going to say, because they're at home and because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to project out you know, some, some fine-tuning of this offense, the rust comes off, they do iron some of this out, ball security, protection, getting on the same page, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them the win against the Giants. Right. You know what? I'm going to quick go. You, said, you mentioned ball security, and that's the one thing this team has always hung its head on. They don't turn the ball over. Rodgers' three fumbles last night were a career high, matched by the uh, Arizona debacle last year. So oh. what we saw last night is not what you usually see. So I I would I agree with you. I think they'll get that figured out just because they don't do it. Then it's home against Dallas. And Zach Prescott. Um, yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna put in a W for that. Again, and, and, and none of none of these are gimmies. I mean, there's I I don't. I'll I'll believe a I'll believe a blowout in, in offensive fireworks when I see it, but I'll I'll put them down for W. Home against Chicago on Thursday night, the big color rush game. Boy, those are some fancy package uniforms, aren't they? I'm glad they're going mostly white. Yes, but they won that game too, right? Yes. So here we go. Now they in our minds they just beat Detroit, the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Bears. Now they've won four in a row. Then they go to Atlanta. They look terrible. Atlanta does. They, they really do. So that's five in a row that this one. Home against Indianapolis. Win? Yeah. So, okay, now we have a winning six in a row. <laughs> Doesn't everybody feel better now? Doesn't everybody feel great? Well, that's my point. Uh, it, it's the, they're going to take a chance to a legit shot to roll off six in a row here. You know, and, then, and then you've got momentum. You probably maybe get all the – or maybe it's all maybe it'll all be fool's gold. But, but maybe they got a chance to get some momentum. they get a chance to get some stuff figured out. And then – Maybe it's not just a blip on the radar, or maybe it's not, but they have a shot. I think, you know, again, these have to be, these wins, if they, if they do rattle off the wins like we, like we think they can, kind of projecting ahead on their schedule, they need to be quality wins. They can't be fluke wins. They can't be, there can't be some, some weird play. These can't be games that they win on, on Hail Marys or, or, you know, racking up over a, you know, seeing seeing the uh, opposing secondary get over a hundred yards in, in penalty yards, like the Vikings did last night. Of course, they still won. 
Um, these have to be quality wins. We have to see this offense growing and gelling. We need to see, you know, Rodgers finding Nelson, you know, beating that that single high safety. We have to see Lacey and Starks busting off more runs. We need to see the defense can honestly continue to continue what they're doing. We need to see the young secondary grown up. We can't have another, you know, debacle with, with guys like Demarius Randall who are, you know, supposed to be coming along on their learning curve. But for sure the wins are possible. And, and, and Bill, let's even back up to last year. I mean, as, as much as they honestly just looked awful at times last year, even even in wins and, and Rodgers not looking like himself without Nelson, this was a team that honestly got all the... All the way within one fluke, Larry Fitzgerald play of going to the NFC title game, and and I don't think they would have beat Carolina had they got there. But who who would have ever thought last August that they would have had a shot to get to the NFC title game? So maybe we are panicking a little bit, but I would like to just think it's it's realistic concern and, and just seeing that this team it, it's it's early, but they're they're not meeting expectations. It's what we do, though. I mean, we're as reporters and, and, and the fans out there, we we do overreact. And it, it's a when you when you play once a week and you play so awful on on the road and against a big rival, I, I think fans do overreact. And I, I just don't. I, I think they'll get it figured out just because they've always figured it out. And you know, I, I know we started this off with Bradford and we had two weeks with the team, but you know, Green Bay really has to figure this out on the fly, don't they? I mean, they. I mean, what, what is what is Jordy Nelson going to be and what is Jared Cook's role going to be? I, I think, I think they're just going to. Some of the stuff is. I don't want to say it's preseason, but they got to get some stuff figured out. And I think this home stretch is going to help them do that. I think so. I I, I think it has to. And, and and again, we talk. It would be uh, it would be uh, a lot of fun and extremely insightful to sit with a uh, Aaron Rodgers when he reviews film because it's. It's easy for us to ask the questions in the locker room after the game, and it's easy for them to give us kind of the the canned cliche. You know, we're gonna we're gonna go back to school. We're gonna get it fixed. You know, we're gonna look at the men in this room and yada yada yada. But what are you what are you really gonna do? What, you know, what are we seeing yesterday that's gonna magically get fixed? What are what are they seeing? I mean, it's it's got to be more than a you know we're all, we're all gonna look each other in the eye and and lock arms and say we really 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 want to. Want to play better and get things done. I mean, there are some some real tangible, specific things that that have to change for this offense to play better. So, you know, I I think we can see it, but you know, we'll we'll find out on Sunday. That's right, Keith. We'll find out on Sunday when they host, as Mike McCarthy would call them, Detroit. Detroit, love it, <laughs> love Detroit. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you on Tuesday. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.